words from the hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. I have a word from God this morning. And the Lord has been speaking to me. So when they asked me for a title, I said, call it a little lie. I want to read out what um, Pimo wrote. You know, when they sent out the notice, wrote something very poetic. Said, a little leaven, little, little foxes. Lies, no matter how white. Foxes, no matter how little. A little leavens the whole. Tiny foxes spoil mighty vines. Little leaks sink whole ships. A flat here, indulgence there. A seep here, a drag here. A shisha there, an addictions flare. And you lose territories. Tighten up your territories. Get the devil out of your details and wake up and embrace the truth. Hallelujah. Galatians 5, verse 8 to 9. I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. It says, The one who enfolded you into grace is not behind this false teaching that you have embraced. And I'm going to expose this false teaching this morning says the one who enfolded you into grace is not behind this false teaching that you have embraced. Don't you know that when you allow even a little lie into your heart, it can permeate your entire belief system. You know, sometimes we think it's just a drop. I want to show you something. Imagine this is you. So imagine that this is you and this is how it starts. Is it visible? Can you see it? It's not, it's just a little. But do you know, even in that invisibility, it has mixed up, hasn't it? And then we feel, ah, nobody saw it though. I'm okay. Did you see it? Not see it. So we do what? We do it again. Has anybody seen it? We're still okay. So what do we do? We add a little more. And we keep adding. Until very soon we become so confident. This is what we are. Thank you. Just a little. And progressively... Little begins to break us. You know, I told you before that I grew up in SU. They used to tell us that if you sin, you will die. You know that scripture that says, the soul that sineth shall die. So we're afraid of death. You know, we're always careful because if you sin, you will die. But do you remember the day you sinned? Did you die? Say the truth. Not dying now, you're here. Because if you died, you'd not be here unless you died and you were resurrected. And one day, I was driving at night and a guy just ran past me. He ran across a red light. In my mind, I was like, all these people that don't have sense, can't, you know, you just can't even 
obey small red lights. You can't even, this how you going to have accident. And I was having this full discussion with myself and I realized, you know, people who break the red light, they don't die. Nobody will jam them. Is it there you, you want to do it? They'll be okay. You know, they will, they will steal in the office. They will not catch them. They will commit fraud. They will use the money, set up one big company. Then the news will carry them 40 under 40. You know, just be doing things. Nothing is happening to them. So I was having that discussion with God. That this thing did not balance. Because if they are not dying, why can't I do it? Do you understand? And the Lord said to me, the soul that sins, it shall die, not the body, the soul. It is the soul that dies, and it dies little by little by little, little by little, it dies. God breathes into you. And you become a living soul. And that living soul is surrounded. There is a hedge. Can I have you guys please come? Sorry, I'm doing small drama. Come, 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 come. All of you. Yes, from you down. Come. Dami, come. Dolakpo, come. So Dolakpo is this soul. And she's right here in the middle. And you all surround her. Form a hedge. Form a hedge. Hold your hands. Be impenetrable. And this is how the Lord deals with us. That's a soul and an impenetrable head. And then she does one small thing, just a small thing. What happens? Hedge is broken. Go. Form a hedge. And now there are gaps. Isn't it? There are gaps. But um, Dolako is still physically alive, is she not? And she's cool. They said when I see now we die. I just watched pornography, not die. I'll watch it again. She'd not die. Surely this scripture cannot be true. I've only watched it. Now let me practice it with myself. So I start masturbating. What's happening? The hedge is broken. What happens when the hedge is broken? Don't you people read your Bible. What happens when the hedge is broken? Uh-huh. Then she starts practicing it. What happens? Completely gone. And then one day, thank you, she finds herself in bed in adultery and is wondering, how did I get here? How did it start? A little lie. Thank you. Thank you. That's what the Lord was saying to me. It is the soul that dies. It is the soul. And everything that God builds around you, everything he says to you, do. And everything he says to you, do not do. He says that to protect that, to protect you. To build a cover around you. So when you lie just a little, just put it a little. Ah, it's not visible. Nobody's seen it. Nobody knows. You come to church, you are singing, you are dancing, you are looking around. Ah, on top of this plenty anointing, you know one prophet came, he prophesied, not even prophesy your case. So nobody actually really knows. You go back, your chest out. Your chest is now big. 
Now do a little bit more. Do you not know that a little lie permeates the whole system? You're still at work. You say, no, it's official business. You're wandering down the line why your grandson is an arm dropper. Started with a little lie. You're unrepentantly in adultery and then you're wondering why your children are battling sexual sins. It started with what? A little, a little. It permeates your entire system. And that's how altars are built. And that's why people are fighting altars they know nothing about. Somebody broke the hedge. The soul that's in it it shall die. The word of God does not lie. What is this false belief? If you read Galatians 3, 1 to 4, it says, O foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You receive the Spirit because you believe the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be? After starting your new lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? So here's Paul writing to the Galatians. We came, we preached a message to you. And in that message, you receive the Holy Spirit. Did you receive the Holy Spirit because you were good? Did you start speaking in tongues because of something you did? Was it something you did that gave you the Holy Spirit? The witness that you have inside of you about God, did it come about by your works? Did it come because you were doing something? So why do you think that right now you can continue to follow the Lord by your own self? That hedge around you, do you think you can maintain it by yourself? Because in the day you say, God, I will not lie. That day lie will look for you. Cannot be by yourself. By a purposing in your heart. Let me show you two men. Hmm? Proverbs 14. That's why it's good to have Bible. Pastor Lara came. She came with one big Bible. Between, it's good to have Bible. Sometimes these things. Okay. Proverbs 14 from verse 1. It says, A wise woman builds her home. A foolish woman tears it down with her own hands. Those who follow the right path fear the Lord. Those who take the wrong path despise him. A fool's proud talk becomes a rod that beats him, but the words of the wise keep them safe. Without oxen, a stable stays clean, but you need a strong ox for a large harvest. An honest witness does not lie, a false witness breeds lies. A mocker seeks wisdom and never finds it, but knowledge comes easily to those with understanding. Stay away from fools. You won't find knowledge on their lips. 
The prudent, that's the wise, understand where they are going, but fools deceive themselves. Fools make fun of guilt, but the godly acknowledge it and seek reconciliation. The wise, each heart knows its own bitterness and no one else can fully share its joy. The house of the wicked will be destroyed, but the tent of the godly will flourish. There is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. Laughter can conceal a heavy heart. But when the laughter ends, grief, backsliders get what they deserve. Good people receive their reward. From verse 1 to 14, there's a comparison of two people. What are the two people there? The wise and the foolish. I are seeing it now. The wise and the foolish. You know, I had always believed that I was the wise. I didn't think I was foolish. Because if you read Proverbs 1 to 14... The foolish is evil, is ungodly, you know. Um, he mocks God. I don't, I don't mock God, though. I'm not ungodly. I'm not. So I always believed I was the wise. And I looked at all the things that the wise was doing, and I believed that was me. Until I stumbled on verse 15, and God told me, you're not the wise. And I said to the Lord, surely I'm not the foolish. In verse 15, it says, only simpletons. Believe everything they are told. The wise carefully consider their steps. The simple, and New King James Version says, the simple believes every word, but the prudent considers well his steps. So verse 15 begins to introduce a third man of whom many of us are ignorant. The simple man. They are neither wise nor foolish. And many times that's the biggest lie that the devil uses to trip us up. Because it just comes in small doses. Uh -uh, how will you not trust yourself? Do you understand? You're not a child of God. Don't you pray? How will you not trust yourself? Don't you know yourself? Haven't you heard those people that say, I know myself. I cannot fall. Put on the pornography in me. No, I'm anointed. I know myself. The simple. I didn't know that I was the simple. Until I began to look into Proverbs and I began to see certain temperaments of the simple. Proverbs 7. Proverbs 7 begins to tell us the story of a young man whom the Bible calls the simple. This thing is doing me. Next time I have a Bible. <laughs> now the harlot looks at him. She says, at the window of my house, I looked through my lattice. I saw among the simple, I perceived among the youths, a young man devoid of understanding. Gullible. You know that's how many of us are. We have not, no clue what life is about. You think that life is about waking up, wearing your dress, going to work. They shred you in the office. You get annoyed. You find another job. You move on. Many of us don't even understand the spiritual forces that are pushing you daily to take decisions that you should not take. We're devoid of understanding. We don't even understand that while we are sleeping, there are people that are chanting. They are chanting things concerning you. You are sleeping, deep, snoring. 
After all, God gives his beloved sleep. Then when you wake up and things are not working, you begin to complain. Yes, simple. Life is not what you think it is. And many people around you are not who you think they are. We're devoid of understanding. And it's because we don't have understanding, many of us live our lives like cities without a gate. Passing along the street near her corner, he took the path to her house. In the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night, and there a woman met him with the attire of a harlot and a crafty heart. He was accessible. And that's why she could meet him. And when you're simple, you're accessible. Where are you? Oh, I'm here. Are you coming? Hey, be coming. Let's be, you know, very accessible. Many times we don't even seek the Lord to say, should I have that meeting? Should I go there? Should I not go there? So we're accessible and oftentimes directionless. Have you seen somebody who was going somewhere? So Pastor Fred says, oh, Pastor Heidi, um, after church, can we go to Hans and Rene? I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure, we'll have a meeting. Said this meeting is important. I say, yeah, sure, we'll have the meeting. After church, Chinwe comes. Ah, Pastor Heidi, Mama, let's go to, where are we going to? Cactus. I leave the one of the appointment I have and I go to Cactus. In fact, on the way to Cactus, one now calls, Mama, where are you? There's this ticket, one show. I'm like, hey, okay, I'm coming. <laughs> Directionless. God gives you a path. He says, follow this path. You're following the path. Though. Do you remember that young prophet that the Lord sent on a mission? He was following the path. And then he got there. One anointed man of God. Derailed. How many of us have been derailed? It's because we're simple. We don't give depth to the things of God. Life is just life. Hey, Pastor Fred, why are you annoyed? We'll meet next Sunday. She'll be just appointments. So here's a young prophet. The Lord sends him on a mission. Do not stop. Do not go anywhere. Do not eat. Then somebody says to him, are you more anointed than me? I've been speaking to God since. My friend said, I eat. I'm your father in the Lord. Sat down to eat. Guess who buried him? The father in the Lord. Simple, no strong conviction. Is it bad? It's not really bad now. It's in the Bible. Did they, no, but wait, did they, did they really put in the Bible that alcohol is bad? Did they not tell Timothy that he should just take small? No, you know Timothy's stomach used to worry him every time. So he was taking it so we too, just be 
Is it really? No conviction. We're simple. And it is because we have no conviction that people cause us to yield. You know, if you have a conviction, nobody can sway you. Nobody. When they tell you it's God that said you to you, say, you know what? Let me go and pray. Let me go and pray. But the simple, he had no conviction. So when she toasted him enough, he gave in. It's not really bad now. Is it bad? It's not a bad thing. The Bible did not categorically. Can you show me where in the scripture, where it is written that this is bad? But you have a weakness in your heart. No knowledge of end consequences. I think it was Rabbi Alan that said in one of the teachings, he said, the problem is that many of us don't make decisions for the future. We have no knowledge of the end. When you are deciding, you are deciding for now. I want to marry, I want to marry, I want to marry, I want to marry. So any fine man who has a car, lives in a nice zip code, can speak in tongues, he's okay. After all, he's born again. I am not unequally yoked, am I? No. End consequences. We don't think of the future. We don't even think of the life after the wedding. We think of, where is that place we did affinity dinner? What's that place called? Ah, as we were walking in, eh? the visions of weddings that were going on. As we were walking in that day, oh my God, we'll take the vows here. This is where Pastor Mo, you didn't know. They had used you to do wedding. This is where Pastor Mo will do the joining. Then we'll come here and do the reception. Then the music will be here. Then the, the life after that. Have you sat down to imagine it? Have you? No. Simplicity is worrying you. It will leave you today. We're simple, undecided heart. What's my purpose? Every day you're looking for your purpose. Every day. What has God called me to do? Every day. What's my purpose? Guess what your purpose is? Go and preach the gospel. That's your purpose. You don't have any other work, any other purpose. There's nothing. Don't, don't worry. There's no grandiose purpose. Go and preach the gospel. If you can sing, use song to preach it. If you can write, write it. If you can talk, talk, you know, go and preach. The, go and preach. That's your purpose. If you are looking for purpose, I've given you one. Look no further. You now have a purpose. Samson. How many of you remember Samson? I don't want to read the story because of time. I'm just going to point out a few things. You know, in Proverbs, you know, it talked about what that woman, what the spirit of the harlot did with simple people. And when I say the spirit of the harlot, I'm not talking about fornication, adultery. I'm talking about that spirit that cannot be loyal to anything. As the spirit of the harlot can be loyal. They can't give you something and say, hold it. Then come back to take it. And there was one bank. I'll not call their name. Let them not be angry at me. I put money inside there. And I went away. Then 
after like one year, and it was a lot of money. After like one year, they sent me a message that my account is in debit, I'm owing them. Money that I did not use. I was so confused. Some of us are like that. They can't give you something and come back and meet it better. Last, last, be like that one that they gave the talent that they be buried and brought it back. Many of us can't. I remember one particular time my boss was ill and she was away for two years and I ran the business for two years. And after the two years, a whole committee came to thank me. I was wondering why they were thanking me. Thank you, you did so well. The money they met in the account was more than... That was when it dawned on me that I missed an opportunity to steal. Because the way they were thanking me, it meant that this is normally what people will do. I, I tell you not a lie. It did not occur to me. It was when they were thanking me that it occurred to me that, my God, when customer pays 10 million, I should have deposited it, keep like two. When they pay 7 million, it deposit five. It, it never occurred to me. What happens to the symbol? The spirit of the harlot will destroy you. The spirit of the harlot is that spirit that cannot be loyal. You cannot be loyal to anything. You cannot tell the truth to save your life. Have you met people where you say, did you see Adoma pass here? So yes, I saw her. She just, meanwhile, she didn't. There was no reason to lie. You know, you know there's some lie that you tell, eh? Even us will say it's okay. God will have mercy. You needed to lie. Do you understand? If you're in the north now, they now bring gun. They want to shoot. I hear Christians. Oh, no, you know we can understand that one, that type of lie. But there's some lie that, gosh, is hands and rain open at ten? No, they don't open till twelve. Why? What's wrong with I don't know? It is the spirit of the harlot, and I'm saying it. We're laughing. But to be honest, we, we function in that level a lot. I was talking to someone about, you know, somebody who wanted to do business. We said, oh, I know him. The other day when his house, he was talking, do you know Ephia? If you tell him, describe the man, he has never, no, he didn't know him. He said, we're in his house. We had dinner. Why people doing as if you don't do it? Why? Ah, because we don't. Praise God. Every time they call the name of Dangote, you say, oh yes, that's how the other day he came, you know, you know, he's a very humble man. I, we, we even did a selfie. I can show you. We, you don't know him. You don't. It, that is the spirit of harlotry. And he will leave us today in the name of Jesus. The spirit of harlotry is destructive. And here is the biggest lie. You think you are strong. You think you are strong. After all, you pray in the spirit now. 
In fact, you can do four hours just be speaking in tongues. But when you finish that prayer and you don't come into a place of obedience in Christ, you've just made noise. The spirit of the harlot will take you out. She took out Samson. Samson was a strong man. Israel had not seen a man that strong. Have you seen a man who goes to a city gate and carries it? I was telling my children, I said, ah, if Samson was around in the days of the walls of Jericho, didn't need to march, oh. You didn't need to march around seven times, be marching under this Lagos heat. No, 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 no. Samson would just come, punch it, bam, what we break. Strong man. Who took him down? Oh, what's her name? That's the spirit of the harlot. How did she take him down? Do you know that type of rat that used to bite somebody, just be blowing you breeze? Even you, when you wake up, you will not kill it. You know why you will not kill it? Very sweet. So he put his head on her bosom. Just blowing him breeze. Where is your power? The first time the breeze had not was a little lie. It hadn't entered. So he told her, oh. she tied him. Did she tie him in the spirit? No. She tied him in the flesh. Did he know he was tied? Yes. I'm puzzled. Fool me once. Fool me twice. You won't get a second chance. The Philistines are upon you. He got up and he was still powerful. Then he goes back. Is he not a goat? Then he puts his head again. And she's rubbing it. The same, the same, the same question. At that point, should you not avoid? We're laughing. And there are many of us like that. The minute you have small internet, where do you go? Pornography. Be looking. I'm not doing it. Now look at just the look. And then he goes the third time. And that was it. The simple man is dangerously weak-willed. Weak-willed. And sadly, many children of God are there. Holy Spirit has been speaking to you about particular things. Deal with lust. Deal with anger. Deal with lying. Deal with this. You can't. Incredibly weak-willed. Nobody knows. And we give a semblance of righteousness. You know that's what the Bible calls self-righteousness. It has no foundation in God. I'm sharing the things God said to me. Oh, if you find your own corner inside it, take it. Because I found mine and I've been repenting. He was weak-willed. 
Shouldn't he have given her up? To be honest, some of us are in relationships that you know. You don't need an angel. You know. But you will not go. It's sweet. It's like rat. It's biting you small, small. When they slap you today, tomorrow they buy you a car. And they punch you, throw you down. You say, no, it's when I was walking down the stairs, I tripped, I fell down because they bought you diamond necklace. They're wearing sunglasses at 8 p.m. Take self-destructive decisions. You're simple-minded. You look strong to everyone. But you're consistently taking decisions that are draining life out of you every day. The life is leaving you weak-willed. David, do you think that was the first day he saw Bathsheba? After all, she was his best friend's granddaughter. That was not the first day. He had been seeing her. And then one day he climbs his rooftop. So this girl that had been seeing her breast is like this. Chai. Fine girl. And there was a man who was preaching online that was sharing. He said, because the law said a woman should not be with a man seven days after her periods. That Probably when he sent for her, she said, no, I'm still in my cleansing period. So he had a whole seven days to turn away. Was weak-willed. At times you lay in your bed and you start to dream. Even you, you know that by yourself, you should get up, slap yourself out of that dream. But you're enjoying it. We're led by our appetites rather than the Spirit of God. I feel, this is how I feel. It's my own feeling. And because it's my own feeling, it is my own truth. You know, we're in the generation of me. Everything is my own. Are you the one feeling it? No, it's me. I'm the one feeling it. It's my nature. It's my feeling. It's my sentiment. It's my... Everything we're battling with comes under three things. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Everything. That entitlement. You see it and you believe you deserve it. I deserve it. I deserve it. Entitlement. How many anointing today is to start church? Why is Pimo thinking he has done such a big thing? Not tongues he used to speak. Does he speak another thing? Not tongues he used to speak. Eh, me too, I'm speaking in tongues. Go and start my own. Entitlement. I have arrived. You see it, you want it. The spirit of lust. I want it. And then the pride of life. 
handle it. And that's because we're simple. We don't understand life. We don't understand the forces that are driving life. We don't. Because if you understand the forces that drive life, the decisions that you take, the way you take a decision will change. Jesus wanted disciples. What did he do? He prayed all night. Who? Who? You start a company, you'll be calling your friends. Chinwe, do you want to join? I don't have started a company. Come and join now. You'll be the secretary. You, you'll be the... We have no understanding of life. None. If we did, we would cover our eyes. We would fast so that the lust in our body will cease. If we did, we would find somebody to put our heads under. To say, mentor me. Kill this pride. Talk to me. There has to be somebody that can tell you, don't do it. There has to be. But many of us, pride will not let us. We're simple. The biggest lie that we're dealing with is self. And you know why? It exposes itself in little drops. Very little drops. You see how the hedges were breaking? That's how it is. I'm okay. Nobody can counsel you. In fact, the minute they start to counsel you, you tell them, um, the Lord spoke to me. You know, when the Lord has spoken to you, who are we? So the rest of us, On the other hand, there are those that are just even too stubborn, hot-headed. Nobody, nobody can bring correction. You are self-sufficient. And in that sufficiency, you are self-righteous. You know what the Lord said to me? It was very, it was grimy. But he said it to me, so let me say it to you. He said, let me explain your self-righteousness to you. He says, because you don't seem to understand it. He said, when you finish your periods, do you hold the pad and play with it? I'm like, how disgusting. He said, that's how it feels to me. Your self-righteousness. That you come to a point where you think it's because you pray. You come to a point where you think, okay, I'm born again, so I'm okay. can do as I like. Meanwhile, that small house help that lives with you, the day she does as she likes, that day, you will pack her bag and throw her out. But you're doing as you like. He said, that's how disgusting your self-righteousness is to me and I began to pray God help me I don't want to be like this Romans 8 5 to 13 this is what the Lord says those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things 
but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. You know, and there are interesting words here. Dominated. Controlled. He says, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. And I'm asking God, letting my sinful nature, where are you in this matter? Is God not supposed to just come from heaven and just take over? And then I'll just be all right. But he wants you to want him. He wants you to want him. And that's why he says, allow, permit, let. So that when the devil comes to accuse, it will not be that God overpowered you. No, it will be that you came of your own free will and you let him. Letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It won't stop. Your flesh won't let up. It will not give you breathing space. It will never. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. If you like, come early. Arrange all the chair, clean it, sweep, if you like. Join all the meetings that we're doing, if you like. If you are in, under the control of your sinful nature, you see all the works you begin to do. They look like a used sanitary towel. If you like. Dear brothers and sisters, understand this. You have no obligation. Do you know what an obligation is? In banking, when, a, when, a, when somebody comes to the bank to borrow money from the bank, he becomes an obligor. He has an obligation. That is a whether you like it or not. You see this money you borrowed, you must pay it. Obligation. Bible is telling you that your case is not like that. You have no obligation to the flesh. Why? There is a deposit inside of you that is called the Holy Spirit. That deposit breaks the obligation of the flesh. You have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. What does that tell you? Will the urge come? Yes. Yes, the urge will come. Especially in this Lagos. Just be driving on your own in peace. The urge will come to curse people. The urge will come to lie, to steal, to cheat on your spouse. The urge will come. Betray your business partner. The urge will come. But guess what? There's a deposit inside of you that tells you you are not obliged to do it. That deposit is called the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is 
inside of you. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. Guess what? The more you begin to obey the Spirit of God, the more those urges fade. They will fade. One day you just say, no, I'm not going to curse her. Yes, what she said hurts me. I will not retaliate. The next day it will be easier. Then when you have held yourself for like seven days, one day you now say, is it because of church? I will curse you today. You start all over again. Let me read it in the message version. Those who think they can do it on their own end up obsessed with measuring their own moral muscle but never get around to exercising it in real life. If you are depending on yourself, what are you doing? Exercising your moral muscle. But guess what? When it comes to exercising, to, you know, functioning in it, you will fall like something in real life. Those who trust God's action in them find that God's spirit is in them, living and breathing God. Oh my goodness. Pastor Mo preached a message about the Holy Spirit. Have you listened to it? Go and listen to it again. In that message, I realized, I just got a revelation that the Holy Spirit is not the power we think. You know, you just think Holy Spirit is there to just blow somebody, breathe, then a person will be slain. Then the person will wake up and continue his merry way of sin. No, 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 no. The Holy Spirit, when he lives inside of you, that's God. He's breathing. When you take a breath, that's the Holy Spirit. Oof, I just felt him. That's the Holy Spirit. The transformation in a man, where does it comes from, come from? It comes from the Holy Spirit that lives inside you. Try and change yourself. I swear if you succeed, I'll give you a millionaire. Try. Try and change yourself. That thing that you say is our nature. This is how village people used to behave. Try and break it with your power. Try. How many resolutions have you made in January? It is the Holy Spirit inside of you. When you let, when you let, you allow, let him breathe, let him live. The Bible says that is God living, breathing inside of you. And then you begin to see that chains are breaking, addictions are falling. Wise coming. It is because he's living and breathing inside of you. Obsession with self in these matters is a dead end. Stop being obsessed with yourself. You can pray 10 hours and then you look so good that every time you pass a mirror, you must stop and the wonders of the Lord. <laughs> and then what 
You are so intelligent. Do you know how intelligent I am? I'm embarrassed sometimes to tell people my CGPA. Yes. No. They do me one kind. (laughs) Because I used to think everybody was like that. Self. Mm. I've repented. You know, it's a dead end. So what? So what? What are those things without the Holy Spirit? Tell me. What? You're intelligent. You can add numbers with your hand. Then what? Then what? Attention to God leads us out into the open, into a spacious, free life. Focusing on self is the opposite of what? You know what God said to me? He said, there's none barren in the land. Nobody's barren in the land. We'll get there. If you're not here, guess where you are? If you're not focusing on God, you're focusing on yourself. Anyone completely absorbed in self ignores God and ends up thinking more about self than God. That person ignores God, who God is and what he is doing. God is not pleased at being ignored. He doesn't like it. You know, there are some women here when their husbands come from work and he's not, you know, giving you face. You get annoyed. You don't like being ignored. Every time you feel that way, go back and ask yourself, Have I focused on God? If you don't like being ignored, think about God. Doesn't like it. Doesn't like it at all. He says, but if God himself has taken up residence in your life, you can hardly be thinking more of yourself than of him. Remember when my first child came? I'd never been a mother till that child came. So before when I want to go out, I'll just wear my shoe, go out. Now there's a child. If you want to go out there, you need to see the planning. You know, I'm looking at some wonder. When they want to go now, you'll be planning. You pack bag, you do this, you do. Before, the two of you just wear your shoe, carry your bag. Travel now, travel abroad. Go. <laughs> oh my God. Because now there's somebody in residence that is occupying space and has to be planned for and thought about when God takes up residence guess what you don't wear your shoe and be going like you used to go before it's not possible if you are doing like that you are living alone go and check check well you are still alone by yourself it's me myself and I because when he takes up residence guess what even what you wear becomes an issue. Ask nursing mothers when they are going out. Do you just wear anything? No, no. Nah. So you just wear one cloth with zip at the back. How do you want to breastfeed the child? Not carry the dress up. No. You are thinking. When God takes residence, his needs direct you. It directs you where you go, what you do, what you say, what you wear.
one who has not welcomed this invisible but clearly present God, the Spirit of Christ, you won't know what we're talking about. So at this point, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just wait. I'll meet you after. Hmm? We know what we're talking about. But for you who welcome him, in whom he dwells, even though you still experience all the limitations of sin, you yourself experience life on God's terms. It stands to reason, doesn't it? That if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, he will do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus, bringing you alive to himself when God lives and breathes in you and he does as surely as he did in Jesus you are delivered from a dead life you are delivered from a dead life a dead life has no fruit a dead life doesn't have So what do we do with ourselves? Because if you are focusing on self, you're not focusing on God. How do we dethrone ourselves? Paul is still talking to the Galatians. Remember we started with the Galatians when he was saying to them, you received the Holy Spirit, now you want to use yourself to run the race. You will die. Still talking to them. Galatians 5, 16 to 17 says let me emphasize this as you yield to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit you will abandon the cravings I said it to you before that these urges they will go after a while if there are two men toasting you you know this young girl they are toasting you toasting you as you are yielding to one of them, the other one will begin to see that. Mm, no hope. She has followed this one. What will he do? As you yield, as you yield to the Spirit of God, what does yourself do? The more you yield, the more the cravings reduce. The more you yield, the more... See, if you are sitting here and you are saying, I've been battling this addiction. Guess why you are battling? You haven't been yielding. And many times we say these things and people don't know what those things are. Yield, yield. How do I yield? When your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit, you hinder him. And you know the Holy Spirit is such a gentleman, not like the devil. You hinder him. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings, the cravings of the Holy Spirit, they are intense. It is only the Holy Spirit that wakes you up with a hunger and says, go and preach the gospel. It is only the Spirit that wakes you up with a hunger and tells you, don't pray for yourself today. Pray for Pastor Mo today. It is only the Holy Spirit that tells you fast today. But you see that food, take it. Go and give it to your security man. It is only the Holy Spirit's intense cravings that hinder you from a self-obsessed life. But how do we let it because they are incompatible. 
And the Bible says that they are incompatible and conflicting within you. And that's why many times we're at war. Many of us think that the greatest spiritual warfare we'll fight is the devil. No. The greatest warfare you will fight is within you. Your self-life or the life of the spirit. Constantly at war. And I said to the Lord, how do I yield? He said, consecration. Intimacy. A dead life has no fruits. What is consecration? When he said to the children of Israel, he said, consecrate yourself to me. What do you have to do? They had to circumcise themselves. It was painful. They cut off something. There are things you need to cut off. They will hurt you. Guess what? If you don't cut them off, you will die. You may be alive physically, but you will die. And you will die in such a manner that you will build an altar that generations that come after you will bear as a heavy burden. You must break it. You must enter into consecration. He said to me, consecrate yourself. I said, what do I do? Guess where we started? Food. Because me, I like food. Though. So we started from there. Then we're doing the journey. Then the next thing he said to me was prayer. And he said, I want you to pray at specific times. I will tell you the time to pray. So I started doing it. At first I thought, okay, one month I'll do it. How we entered the second month. I'm like, is this how we're going to be doing when do people have to sleep? I said, no, get up. Even the days I don't feel like and I'm sleeping, wake me up at that time. Get up. Consecration. Intimacy. You know, many times we talk about intimacy, we sing it, we, do, we don't do it. When a man and a woman are intimate, there are no clothes. They enter a secret place. They lock the door. Even their last born child doesn't enter in that moment of intimacy. It is in that moment of intimacy that a man deposits a seed in a woman that bears fruit. When God calls you into intimacy, he's calling you into a secret place. It is not church meeting. You cannot come on Sunday and say, I've been intimate with God. You have not. The intimate place has only you. When they built the temple, there was a secret place. How many people entered it? One person. The two of us cannot be intimate with God together. No. We can pray together. That's good. God is calling for intimacy. Because when you enter into that place of intimacy, then the spirit deposits his life inside of you. Every time you enter, he pours his heart. He pours his life. He pours his seed. And then we begin to see it. The Bible calls it the fruit of the spirit. It only happens in the place of intimacy. You can have the gifts. You can be given gifts. See, people were giving gifts here this morning. You don't get gifts from a place of intimacy. You can get the gifts here. You can. 
but the fruit of the spirit is born in the place of intimacy when a man is intimate with his wife she becomes what pregnant then they give birth to what it says the fruit of their marriage what is your fruit Galatians 5.17 begins to describe two categories of fruit. If you are sleeping with yourself, hmm? you're intimate with yourself, you're in bed with yourself, these are the fruits. Sexual immorality. It's, in, it's Bible, I did not, it's not male. Lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God manipulating others you know i used to think manipulating was very bad though i thought you just do it to get something and then i wanted to do it one day and i made the mistake of telling pastor niger what i wanted to do and he said if you try it i'd never seen pastor niger that serious i swear he told me i will stop talking to you i said pastor niger i'll do it then i'll come to your gate i'll cry i'll say oh pastor niger forgive he said i will not in fact the seriousness at which he addressed it i was like this matter is not ordinary manipulating somebody just small manipulation but that's a fruit of sleeping with yourself made me realize that I'm in bed with myself here thinking I'm very anointed. Manipulating others. Hatred of those who get in your way. Senseless arguments. Have you met those people? Even you, you'll be out of breath because the argument is not going anywhere. Where are we going with this now? Senseless arguments. Resentment when others are favored. Hey, why did you give him? Not give me. <laughs> Temper tantrums. Angry quarrels. Only thinking of yourself. In love with your own opinions. In my own opinion, I actually think, and then when nobody takes your opinion, you leave the group, you're offended. I gave them five suggestions. They did not take anyone. I'm out of here. Do you know what boards I sit on? Do you know that people pay me for my opinion? Giving it to you guys free? You can't even take one. I gave you five. I'm gone. I'm done. Envious of the blessings of others. Murder. How did we get to murder from all these small, small things? Little by little by little just a little lie gets you to murder uncontrolled addictions wild parties and similar so there is more you know the, the remaining are under similar behavior yes you are in bed with yourself you are sleeping with yourself so every night when you come home, you talk yourself in bed with yourself. If you get into bed with the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is what? What's the fruit of the Spirit? 
Love. What else? What else? What else? What else? What else? Say it again. The fruit of the Spirit is You get in bed with the Holy Spirit. There is none barren in the land. None. Nobody's barren in the land. If you are not birthing for the Holy Spirit, you are birthing for yourself. There is no barrenness anywhere. The fruit of the Spirit is love, comes in varied expressions, joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action. Don't be kind in your mind. Kindness in action. Goodness is a life full of virtue. Faithfulness, a faith that prevails. Gentleness of heart, self-control. There are nine of them. Let me give you one mark, one bonus mark. So let's say you already have one over 10. Look at them. What did you score? I'm not telling my score. What did you score? What did you score? What did you score? The Bible says, by their fruits, we shall... When the Lord showed me this, he said, why did you score? I said, boy, you know now. There's no need to tell you what I've scored. You already know. And he said, you are known by your fruits. So he said to me, what does this tell you? I said, it tells me I've been in bed with myself. And I hear you calling me. I hear you calling me. Just like I hear the Lord calling you this morning to get out of bed with yourself. By your own strength, you cannot break an addiction. By your own strength, you cannot. But if you consecrate your heart, if you bring a repentant heart to God this morning, and you say, God, this is where I'm at. I've struggled with this for so long. I don't know what to do. I've successfully hid it. Nobody knows. I've been hiding it. Nobody knows that this is what I'm struggling with, oh God. But you know, we both know. So I come to you today, God, and I ask that you help me. I ask that you help me. Holy Spirit of the living God, will you help me this morning? I consecrate my heart. Will you circumcise my heart? Will you read my heart of ungodly desires? Will you read me of things that do not please you? Will you bring me into a place of intimacy? Bring me into your bedchamber. Because it is when I enter your bedchamber that your banner over me is love. Will you bring me into your secret place, God? I surrender myself to you this morning. I want us to begin to pray. I'm done preaching. I want us to begin to pray. Say, God, I surrender myself. Holy Spirit, I make room for you. I make room for you in my life, Spirit of the living God. I make room for you if you would have your way. 
if you will be enthroned, if you will increase, my God, I want to decrease. I want to decrease, oh God, if you will increase in me, if you will take control of my thoughts, if you will take control of my words, if you will take control of my thinking. This morning I permit you, Holy Spirit, Spirit, I give you 100% permission. Have your way, Holy Spirit of the living God. I surrender. I want to get into bed with you every day. I want to be like that bride that stands at the door waiting for her groom. I want to be in love with you, Spirit of God. I want my heart to pound when I know that you are here. The men who were walking on the road of Emmaus and they were speaking with you, they said, did our hearts not pound? God, I'm hungry for an encounter. If you are touching people here this morning, Lord, will you touch me? My God, will you touch my heart? Will you turn my focus back to you, God? Will you bring my desires back to you? You say no man can come except you draw him. So Father, today we submit ourselves to you to be drawn. My God, will you draw me? As the deer pants for the water brooks. God, will my heart pant for you? God, will my heart be hungry for you? Holy Spirit, I make room for you. I make room for you. Rabaka I make room for you, Spirit of God. I make room for you, Spirit of the Living God. I repent of the lies. I repent of the deceit. I repent of enthroning myself. And I dethrone myself this morning and I enthrone you. Jesus be the center of my life. Reign, rule. Spirit of the living God. Be the center of my life. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, O oh God. See if there is any grievous way in me. Remove the grievous ways in me, God. Remove the grievous ways in me. Father, lead me in the way everlasting. Turn my heart toward your statutes. Turn my heart away from selfish gain. Increase, oh Lord. Increase that I must decrease. Creating me a clean heart. Oh God, this morning renew a right spirit. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org.